Well, some of you may follow the football, um, and, uh, and if you do, on, you probably remember that on Saturday the 17th of March this year, a man by the name of Fabrice Moamba, the Bolton Wanderers footballer, collapsed on the turf at White Hart Lane Football Stadium. He'd suffered a heart attack and he lay dying in front of 36,000 fans and a much larger television audience than that. A team of six doctors fought frantically to save his life as fans of both teams began chanting his name, urging him to cling to life, even as it ebbed away. Astonishingly, despite having no heartbeat for well over an hour, he survived without even a trace of brain damage. And in fact, that is a photograph of him with the ball since he's, re- since he's recovered. And ever since, the newspapers have started giving him a new name. They're calling him Back from the Dead, Fabrice Muanda. Back from the Dead. The doctors have no explanation for the apparent miracle. Fabrice himself has a strong Christian faith and gives God the credit for answering the prayers of the hundreds of thousands of people who prayed for him that morning with his father. With his father. He also who prayed for him and asked God to protect him, that he wouldn't... And, and, he, and, he, and he said, sorry, in his own words, he said, I asked God to protect me and he didn't let me down. But in the life of, of Fabrice Muamba, there might, there's perhaps another small miracle, which is that he ever got to be playing on that football pitch at White Hart Lane in the first place. Because he was born in the Central African Republic of the Congo and was raised by a single dad, by his father Marcel, who was himself imprisoned and tortured for his political views and eventually managed to flee the country and seek political asylum in Britain. But right from his birth, Marcel, his father Marcel, had poured himself into his son's life and he vowed that he would protect Fabrice for the, for the rest of his life. From an early age, his father taught him to read and write. And despite the fact that Fabrice arrived in England, aged 11, without being able to speak a single word of English, he went on to get 10 GCSEs and three A-levels in English, French and mathematics as well. Fabrice has not only had a miraculous back-from-the-dead experience, but his whole life has been a journey from very precarious beginnings to a glittering premiership career, and very largely because of his father, who had known so much suffering himself and yet was prepared to lay down his life for his son. In our readings this morning, we heard that this is the very meaning of love, of what love is. Our second reading from the letter of John began with these words, We know love by this that Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. In our gospel reading, Jesus began with the words, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In our day and age, the idea of a shepherd might seem quite tame, but in Jesus' day, it was a job which involved defending the flock against lions and other predators 
a good shepherd would risk his life for the flock. And as parents, we have a pivotal role in the development and growth of our children. We can get by by doing the minimum, just providing food and clothes and shelter. That can seem a struggle at times, all in itself. Or we can lay our lives down for them, pour out everything for them, truly love them. And godparents, godparents have different but important roles to play in nurturing young children. But the single most important thing that we can give our young children is time, real time, getting to know the child, building a relationship with them and encouraging them. Being a godparent isn't about being there as a stopgap in case the parents meet some unfortunate accident. It's about being there today and tomorrow and the day after, building a relationship. One of the tough things, but also one of the most exciting things about being a Christian is that our role model is Jesus Christ because he sets a pretty high standard to follow. Here at St. Matthew's, a a group of us get together each Wednesday evening for what we call our midweek fellowship group. And one of the things we do is that we learn about the teachings of Jesus. And we've just finished a study on one of the most challenging bits of teaching that he ever gave, which was called the Sermon on the Mount. And in that, he says that we shouldn't only love those close to us or love our neighbours, but we should love even our enemies. How hard is that? In another part of his teaching, Jesus says that every time I walk past a hungry person and don't give them some food, or every time I walk past a thirsty person and don't give them a drink, it's just like we walked past Jesus himself, a hungry Jesus or a thirsty Jesus, and didn't give him a drink or didn't give him some food. How hard is that? In another part of his teaching, a rich guy comes up to Jesus and says, look, I've never broken any laws in all my life. I've been good all my life, never done anything wrong at all. Does that make me okay with God? And Jesus looks at him and says, first, go and sell everything you own, give your money to the poor, and then come and follow me. How hard is that? Why on earth would we want to follow Jesus when he makes such impossible demands on people? Why not model ourselves on some of our sporting heroes or some of our favourite celebrities? But the trouble is there's a problem with that. Because if we put our faith in mere mortals, sooner or later they will let us down. The perfect husband runs off with another woman. The sporting hero turns out to be using performance drugs. The celebrity turns out to suffer from depression and takes an overdose. If you were to put your trust in me, sooner or later, I would let you down. You would be disappointed in me. But Jesus is different. Jesus was human. He was totally and perfectly human in every way, but he was also divine, the Son of God. In other words, he was what God would be like if he was standing here in human form. And he did something which none of us could ever do. We've just celebrated Easter, haven't we? And on that first Easter weekend, despite being innocent of any crime, despite never having broken the law, 
He sacrificed his own life in agony on the cross in order to save us, that's you and me, from the consequences of all the wrong that we have ever done in our lives. God loves you and me so much that he did that for us. He came in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and he died on the cross for you and me. Just like a parent would sacrifice their own life in order to save their child. God has done that for every single one of us. And he died. After being horribly beaten and having a crown of thorns forced on his head, Jesus was nailed to the cross and left to hang there for six hours in agony and shame until he died. It was the cruelest form of execution known to humanity. That was on the Friday. But here comes the good news. Because on the Sunday, when some of the women who supported him went to anoint his body in the tomb, they found that he had come back to life. On the cross, he not only suffered and took on himself the sins of the whole world, but he defeated death and rose again to new life. The crucified Jesus of Nazareth became, back from the dead, Jesus Christ. The news that Fabrice Muamba has come back from the dead in a miraculous recovery from his apparent death is really good news. And many people who prayed for him will be greatly encouraged, not least his family, not least his three-year-old son. But we should also remember that Fabrice's miracle is just that. It's a rare miracle. For the families of the young woman who collapsed in the London Marathon or the man who died after the Reading Marathon, half marathon, there was no back-from-the-dead good news story. And our thoughts and prayers must be with them. But this is why the Christian message is such good news. Because in his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ did not simply give death a bloody nose, but dealt it a mortal wound. We will all die eventually, including Fabrice Muamba. But the greater miracle that Jesus delivered on that first Easter was that he came back to make dead people live forever, never again to die. Because he rose from the dead, so in the next life, so will we, those who believe and trust in him. That's what our scriptures said this morning. They said we are to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and there is no other name by which we can be saved. Fabrice Buamba knows how blessed he is to have been miraculously healed and able to continue his life for now. And in fact, just to make sure, they've given him a very high-tech implant to make sure his heart doesn't stop again. But by his faith in Jesus Christ, he also knows that after he dies, he will live again in a new and perfect body which will never die. And that is the miracle which Jesus has done for every single one of us who profess his name. So as Ricky and Gabriel grow up in the years ahead, and the families, you who love them and care for them and pour out your lives for them, just as Marcel Muamba did for Fabrice, know that if you put, if you make Jesus your point of reference, if you bring them up in the knowledge of how much God loves them, then they will have the very best chance to flourish and grow and realise their full potential as children of God. So love them, pray for them, and show them the love of Christ 
who laid down his life for each one of us. Amen.